ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Detroit versus the NFL. Last week, the city of Detroit witnessed history as the Lions got their first playoff win since 1992, but the race isn't over and there is still more work to be done. The divisional round is upon us, and the Lions have a real chance to go to the promised land. But right now, the Lions' destiny is in their control. It's up to them whether they go or not. The road is bumpy and the times are tough, but so is Detroit, and so are the Lions. It's been a long time since Detroit fans are able to experience something like this, and now, it's here. This isn't about proving the haters wrong. This isn't about rebuilding towards the future. It's about the Lions winning it all. Welcome back everyone, hope you liked the exclusive playoff intro, and believe it or not, the Lions are just two games away from the Super Bowl, and it all starts with this home matchup against the Buccaneers. Now remember, the Lions did beat the Buccaneers 20-6 in Week 6, while missing several key players like David Montgomery and Brian Branch, however... Despite Detroit beating the Bucks before, you cannot count them out here. They have improved on really all levels, um, and once again, our defense will be tested with another dual-threat wide receiver core consisting of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I mean, you look at this team, you look at how much Baker Mayfield has improved, um, you look at how much those receivers have improved, the defense is stepping up. Um, so that football team, you know, despite our win against them in the regular season, this is the playoffs. Anything can happen. You cannot sleep on any team that you're playing because, you know, it doesn't matter really who you're playing. Your goal is to get to the Super Bowl and win it all. So if somebody's trying to stop you, uh, you're going to take them seriously, no matter how good they are or how bad they are. Um, and, you know, you're going to beat them um, and you're going to play a good game. You're going to do your best to beat them. You're not going to go soft against them because you think they're an easy opponent um you know you're gonna play hard and you know teams that make the playoffs are good teams like it's not like the Buccaneers were a fluke team that made it in the playoffs no they they won their division beat the Eagles um now in the divisional round coming to Detroit uh to try and take us down and you know it's gonna be a good game Detroit's gonna be up on their toes um you know they're gonna have to play hard good football um but yeah you know this team has improved a lot since the last time we played them and you just cannot count them out here um, a bit of Lions news before I jump into the matchup today. The Lions activated James Houston off of injured reserve, um, and he was a really powerful pass rusher last season, had seven sacks within the last eight games before he got injured last season, and we hope to get him back this week. However, in a press conference Friday, Dan Campbell said he's still looking skeptical. However, we would really like to have him back as he would really add uh, to this pass rush. And you look at Baker Mayfield, you know, when you give him time in the pocket, if he's comfortable, he's going to sling it and he's going to give his wide receivers an opportunity to make a play. So you really have to put a lot of pressure on Baker um, so that, you know, maybe he makes a risky throw, doesn't give his wide receivers that opportunity um, to make those big plays. So I think the pass rush is going to be key for Detroit in this game and, you know, James Houston uh, being on the field will certainly be able to help with that. Uh, so moving straight into the matchup, 
what the Lions need to do on offense. They need to establish the ground game early. Last week, they were able to start the ground game effective uh, early in the game, which led to their passing game being very successful using play action and stuff like that. Um, and using Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery effectively can really help uh, your offense as a whole. Um, and they also need to come out uh, swinging again, just like last week. You know, they scored three touchdowns on their first three drives. Um, and, you know, even though the defense didn't get off to um, a great start uh, last week um, in the opening half, that offense was consistent. It was able to put points on the board three drives, three touchdowns, so it really gave our defense some breathing room to allow big plays and big mistakes to happen because the Lions throughout that game never lost the lead. They were always ahead by at least one point, and you know, in the NFL, that's good enough uh, to get a win. It's not like college where you need to put up a 40-burger uh, to just really extend your lead. The NFL, you win by one point, man, you are going to get credit with a good hard-earned W. Um, so that's what Detroit was able to do last week. And that's what they need to do here again. You know, the offense needs to come out swinging on all fronts, uh, getting the ground game early, offensive line, giving Goff protection, uh, setting up play action and hitting your open targets. Um, and I think, you know, last week, you know, uh, I think the Rams were expecting uh, to defend guys like Sam Laporta and Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, and the Lions knew that. So who did they throw to? Their former Ram, Josh Reynolds. Uh, you know, he got a lot of uh, good receptions, got a lot of nice throws that were handed to him. Um, and I think that he might be another explosive play factor um, in this game against the Buccaneers. You know, the Lions trying to change things up, uh, throwing to other wide receivers that the defense may not be ready for. Because, you know, it, it doesn't matter that you get the, be the ball to your best guy. It's just that you're picking up the first down. You're getting getting it into the end zone no matter no matter who uh is catching the ball or running it in uh for that matter so really it's about coming out striking on offense early um continuing to play good third quarter um and really just a good second half because the lions opened up that second half against the rams with a field goal and did not score at all so really um it was a credit to their red zone defense which i'll get to in a minute that um, won them won them that game you know despite the defense giving up those two explosive touchdowns give credit where it's due that red zone defense locked up and allowed our offensive stutters uh to you know happen um but we were still able to get the win um you know because of that defense that red zone defense the offense's mistakes were not as costly uh as you know it, as they could have been uh dis if the defense didn't play good red zone defense so that's really the key here is you've got to play complementary football offense needs to come out swinging and you know the offense cannot have a dry second half like they had last week you know they need to come out in the third quarter um you know put put a few drives together score so that way you know you're really continuing to pound um pound the gas you know really just drive the buccaneers into a wall so that you know if you can't go into the half with the lead that you're not coming out and falling out flat um because you don't want to give the buccaneers an opportunity uh to come back and win this game if they are down at the half um so that's what i think the offense needs to do Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, they need to lock up Chris Godwins and Mike Evans. I said it last week. 
they need to lock up uh, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. They were able to lock up Cooper Cup um, really nice, especially in the red zone. You know, I think Matthew Stafford uh, was really going to look for Cooper Cup in the red zone. The Lions defended him very well, um, and, you know, that's part of where that red zone defense comes in is, you know, locking up their best targets. However, for Puka Nakua, they did not do a, a good job of defending him. Um, he was just wide open constantly. Um, had a very explosive uh, touchdown play and was really just, you know, when the Rams needed a first down, he was there. So, you know, the Lions were able to get a good job of defending one receiver, but when it came to the second one, they weren't able to get the job done, unfortunately. So I think that's going to be the challenge here is not only can you lock up uh, Mike Evans, but can you also lock up uh, Chris Godwin because both of those guys are really electric wide receivers that left unguarded or you know missed man coverage just you know they can really torch up a defense and really uh, put points on the board quickly and effectively and that's one thing I saw too was that they would they would put man coverage and you know guys like Cam Sutton um would just you know miss miss those wide receivers you know they would just run right past him so I think locking up your coverage maybe putting on zone so that you know maybe they catch the pass but somebody's right there to tackle them um and then you know again still being aggressive in man coverage you know putting guys on Mike Evans and Chris Godwin maybe putting a guy like Cam Sutton and Kirby Joseph um back deep in case if anything happens just really being smart with your coverage calling um and just really being smart uh knowing that you know you got to put your best guys on the best receivers just basic stuff like that um because that's really what it's going to come down to is this secondary you know the pass rush if they can put pressure on baker that would be good but as long as they can lock up those two wide receivers uh it's really going to shut down the majority of that offense uh and it's really uh going to be able to help out this team a lot uh, moving on to the second thing the defense needs to do, they also need to maintain that red zone defense they had last week um, because, you know, I know that in the first half, you know, they gave up those two explosive touchdowns. You know, we're like, oh, great, here we go again, an offensive shootout because the secondary can't, you know, get anything done. But really in the second half, you know, I it was still frustrating because these these Rams wide receivers would be wide open and our secondary uh, would do nothing about it. Um, but when they got to that 25-20 yard line, um, that defense would just flip the switch and absolutely lock up in the red zone, um, which is something that they need to do again because, you know, Dan Campbell said it, we just had to keep them out of the end zone, and that was one was what won the game. The Rams kicked three field goals, uh, or two field goals in the second half, I think, or maybe it was three. Uh, I'm not totally sure. Uh, but and so that's the key thing is that you were able to hold them to those field goals and while you were giving up points on the drive you were giving up explosive plays to get them in the red zone you kept them out of the end zone and you know when our offense was having a stutter uh, drive like that where they couldn't get anything going um, had a struggling third quarter couldn't get it uh, together in the fourth quarter either you know um, that defense was able to come through and just hold them to just enough uh, to keep that lead so I think that's what uh, they're gonna have to continue to do here as you know man you you let this Bucks offense uh, start clicking man they'll they'll really tear you apart so really being able to hold them in the red zone so that our offense can continue to just breathe uh, get the job done scoring on their drives um, you know 
that's how you're going to get the win. And ultimately, it comes down uh, to complementary football, um, like they did last week. You know, offense comes out swinging in the first half. Defense doesn't play its best, but, you know, is able to give the offense the lead. Offense comes out struggling in the half. Defense steps up. So it's really, you know, either play complementary football on, you know, all four quarters, you know, offense is scoring, defense gets a stop, or when one side of the ball is struggling, the other comes out on top, which, you know, that may work. It may not because, you know, if the offense is consistently struggling, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on that defense um, and vice versa. So that's that's the thing is you've really got to play complementary football here. And, you know, just going into the atmosphere at Ford Field, they broke the franchise record for loudest game ever. Um, not the league record, but the franchise record, reaching 133.6 decibels, which is the sound a jet engine makes, uh, for those of you who are wondering how loud that is. Um, so I think the Ford Field... Uh, it's sold out again um, from what I've heard. I got two emails from the Lions uh, saying playoff tickets were uh, in limited uh, limited supply. So I'm not going for any of you that are wondering, but they it is going to be a packed uh, stadium again. And I think that they have a good shot to break uh, the decibel record. So if you're going, save your voice this weekend and be loud uh, on Sunday, you know, really um, make the Bucks offense not be able to focus in the huddle. And surprisingly, there were zero false start or delay of game penalties on that Rams offense. So despite it being loud, you know, they were able to handle it, which is not good enough for this uh, for this Lions fan base standards. So get even louder, break the decibel record, um, and ultimately do your part as a fan. And secondly, just, you know, the Lions are two games away from the Super Bowl. We can't get hasty. We can't uh, get think too far ahead in the future. We've got to focus on this Buccaneers game right here, right now. Um, it's just what we need to do right now. Um, just focus one game at a time. But if the Lions win this game, which I think is definitely possible, they go to the championship round uh, face the winner of uh, Packers 49ers um, and then are just one game away so really you know the the divisional round is where things get real you know the two one seeds get released out of their cage you know Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy haven't thrown a completed pass it'll be exciting to see those one seeds come out and you know really just pound uh, these teams that are trying to get them I'm not saying that will happen but it'll just be interesting to see how explosive these one seeds are um, you know maybe we'll have a one seed upset you never know but this is where things start to get fun um, and this is where things start to get real um, so that's going to wrap it up for the Lions segment. Moving on to the NFL schedule, just four games this weekend, two on Saturday and two on Sunday. Starting off today, 4.30 p.m. on ESPN and ABC, we have Texans uh, at the Ravens. I'm going to take Baltimore here. The Houston Texans have been playing really nice football. I think C.J. Stroud is a really good quarterback, but I think Lamar in this offense is going to give that Houston defense a really tough time. I think it's going to be an offensive shootout, but I do think the Ravens uh, get a win here against Houston. Then we've got uh, tonight, 8.15 p.m. on Fox. Packers at the 49ers. You know what, man? I despise the Packers. I really do. I don't like how they've been able to draft God as a quarterback every year. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, now Jordan Love is looking like the next franchise quarterback. I don't know how they do it, but credit to them for doing it well. However, 
These past few weeks have shown me that the Packers fan base in general is one of the better ones in the division. The Bears fans are just a bunch of drunkards who if you go into their stadium will toss beer at you from what I've heard from Lions fans. The Vikings fans will bitch and moan anytime you beat them about how, oh, you injured our tight end, oh, there was this missed penalty, da da da. The Packers fans, while I would say that they're the, my least favorite team in the division, they're not the worst fan base in the world. Definitely not the kindest or the best. But compared to the Bears and Vikings fans, and even LA fans, you know what, I learned something uh, this past few weeks about LA Rams fans, you know, I went on Twitter, this one account, this guy, like, he posted 10 clips in a row of potential penalties. And that's just somebody who can't take an L. I said it in the pregame. The referee we're getting is going to keep flags in his back pocket. Those were, I feel like there were a few hits. Like the hit on Stafford where he looks like he's getting demonically possessed. I feel like should have been maybe a call. But then again, it's like you give him first and goal at the five. Our red zone defense was still playing really well. So they might have kicked the field goal anyway there. Like it's stuff where those penalties may not have really affected the game that much. So... Vikings fans, Bears fans, LA fans, and even Cowboys fans because, you know, we, we upset them a lot with that Taylor De Decker reporting. Those are the four fan bases I would say that are my least favorite and the three fan bases, Vikings, Rams, and Cowboys, we've upset pretty well. I wouldn't be surprised if we upset uh, the Buccaneers fan base this week. But in terms of the Packers, they're pretty chill. Thus, I'm going to pick them to beat the 49ers this week. I think this is going to be the upset uh, of the week, and I really like that Jordan Love offense. Plus, if you're wondering why I'm rooting for the Packers, I would rather get a third home game against a team that we've beaten before versus a team that has a really good defense that could shut out our offense, who really, the offense is the heart of this team. You know, when the defense isn't doing that well, we look to the offense, and against that 49ers defense, I'm not sure how well this Lions offense will be able to succeed. And on the road, too, um, and again, a, an electric 49ers offense, so I would rather play the Packers than I would the 49ers, but I'm not going to be sleeping on the Packers because the Packers would have beaten the Cowboys and the 49ers. So, again, a really, really good football team that we'd play either way. I would just rather have that home field advantage uh, than I would against um, the 49ers team on the road. So I will take the Packers as the upset to beat the 49ers. Then we've got Bucks at Lions, 3 p.m. on Sunday on NBC. Already went over that one, but just so that you know what channel and what time. And then moving on, Sunday night, 6.30 p.m. on CBS, we have Chiefs at the Bills. First playoff game at Highmark that has the Chiefs in it. Um, so I think that this Buffalo atmosphere is going to be tough for Patrick Mahomes to handle. Um, and I know that Patrick Mahomes, you know, he got a postseason win. Everybody is saying, oh, he still got it, which he does. But I think that they lose in the divisional round to Buffalo. I think Buffalo gets their revenge against Kansas City. Um, and I think the Bills get the win. Uh, so that's going to wrap it up for the NFL schedule and for the podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening. The post-game show will be at 6.30 tomorrow. And remember, it's not just Detroit versus the Bucks; It's Detroit versus the NFL.